Hello and welcome to Moonshot, a show by Sequoia India and Southeast Asia that profiles innovative startups and inspiring founders who are dreaming big, making an impact, and driving change across the region. I'm your host, Dewi Fabri, and throughout this podcast, we'll be introducing you to founders and thought leaders who are helping shape the region's startup ecosystem. We hope this podcast will give you fresh ideas on how to start and scale an enduring company. Indonesia's digital economy, which was worth $44 billion in 2020, is expected to hit $125 billion by 2025. The country's young, tech-savvy consumers and business owners are embracing e-commerce, which now accounts for 70% of the country's online economy. In 2019, Stephen Sang, who spent over 25 years in the fast-moving consumer goods sector, founded Gudang Ada. It's an online business-to-business marketplace that connects wholesalers directly to merchants, ranging from large retail chains to independent mom-and-pop stores or warungs. With us today is Stephen Sung, who's dialed in from Jakarta, and Abik Anand, Managing Director at Sequoia India and Southeast Asia. Before joining Sequoia, Abik co-founded a startup in Silicon Valley that was acquired by Facebook. Abik, but Stephen, welcome to the show. Now, but Stephen, can you tell us all about Gudangada? How does it work and what does it offer Indonesian businesses? So Gudangada is a B2B marketplace connecting manufacturer, distributor, wholesaler and retailer. We aim to empower the stakeholders in the supply chain, uh, focus on the general threat or traditional threat to enable them to transit in a faster, cheaper, smarter and bigger way through the use of technology and our ecosystem. So we also aim to help them to transform their business from offline to online and also uh, enjoy the benefit of the digital transformation. Before Budangada, all the transactions on the GT, General Threat, actually happen through the offline salesperson uh, uh, activity. And all of them actually facing the increasing uh, of the operating costs and also declining on the productivity. And most of our users, our members, after uh, joining Gudangada for over 6 and 12 months, they experience around 30 to 50% growth. So that's the benefit Gudangada brings into the uh, uh, general trade uh, supply chain in Indonesia. And how did you spot this opportunity? Let me share the story. Actually, I come from... Uh, family background with the uh, general threat uh, uh, family actually. So I'm not come from a rich family. Uh, my family at the beginning, I, I saw I when I was a child, I saw my parents run a small stall in a small city in Kalimantan. And then how they, they work hard and grow uh, the, the small stall to become uh, one of the medium wholesaler. And after school, I always spend my time helping my parents to, to run the business. And I always remember the most challenging part, I have to memorize and remember all the buying and selling price. It's very hard, it's very challenging. And at the same time, I also have to remember uh, the inventory, how much the inventory, how many the inventory. So even today, uh, my young brother take over the shop. When I talk with him, hey, you know how much your inventory he is? A, he, he even never know uh, how, uh, what the exact number. 
So after graduate from the university, I start my 25 years career, uh, professional career. I start as a sales supervisor. Then working from one area to uh, other uh, area all over Indonesia. And then uh, after around uh, 12 years in the company, then I was appointed as a CEO of the company. This is where actually through my three decades journey in the industry, I saw the shifting uh, on the Indonesia FMCG industry from uh, distribution driven become marketing and uh, branding driven. So the era before 2000, 2010 and 2020. And this is where I think uh, all the stakeholders actually looking for a solution because all of them are facing the challenge uh, uh, of increasing on the operating costs and other things. But actually, uh, during my 25 years uh, experience, I'm very familiar with the technology because when I appointed as a CEO of the, one of the largest distribution company in Indonesia at 2006, I started to implement the technology into the distribution company by doing the sales automation on the, sales, uh, on the operation, on the logistics and other activity uh, through the use of technology. And on 2014, actually, I also built the B2B e-commerce uh, for the company. But I found out it cannot scale up because of the conflict of interest. So this is how actually, uh, when I started Gudang Ada uh, at 2019, I aim to help traditional or FMCG traders address the challenge they are facing on the business in the digital area, I was concerned about their ability to grow their business and remain relevant to the consumer when the industry was shifting to digital. So in addition, the industry also faced many challenges including uh, on the, in, uh, high cost, low productivity, short term of the salesman with the high turnover, and now uh, also, they're facing during the pandemic declining on the effectiveness of the operation. So this is where the issue I wanted to Gudangada to address actually. Apart from Pat Stevens' deep industry expertise, what else excited you about this idea and, in particular, this market in Indonesia? So, Devi, at the very early stages of investing, there are a few important questions that we like to ask ourselves, and some of the most important questions are the following. How big is the market and what is the market structure? What is the founder's background? And is there real founder market fit? See, at the very early days, product market fit doesn't exist. And so what we evaluate and sort of spend a lot of time thinking about is do the founders have insights about a market that sets them apart from anybody else who might be trying to solve a particular problem in an existing industry? As far as market sizes are concerned, there are broadly two types of markets. You know, there are markets that are being created by startups. These are startups that are going in and, and solving a problem in a way that was not solved before and therefore creating a new market. Or there are companies that take a large existing market and try to solve the problems inherent in it. You know, when we first met Gurangara, the thing that really struck us was that Park had this incredibly rich set of experiences that gave him these deep insights about this market. And secondly, that the market was just massive. I mean, the FMCG market in Indonesia is north of $60 billion. And before Gudangara came along, was still primarily run on pen and paper. When you have a market that is that large, 
and that is still being run in basically the same way it was being run 50 years ago, there are tons of inefficiencies that come up, whether it be inefficiencies around sourcing, around how to finance uh, inventory, around how to do logistics, around simple things like what kind of software integrations exist across multiple points in the value chain. Our work seems to indicate that all these problems needed to be solved. And our belief was that there are really two ways to solve this problem. One is from the outside in and one is the other is from the inside out. And the inside out way of solving it is really by enabling existing players, uh, not by displacing them, but by giving them the software, by giving them the platform to improve their existing businesses. And what struck us about Gurangara was the way in which they were trying to complement the industry as opposed to displace it. And you know, we felt that that was an, a very compelling way to solve the problem uh, and to really be on the side of the wholesalers and on the sides of the retailers. And that's what really attracted us to the opportunity. We met the company when they were only a few months old and within the year of being formed, we were, we were partners with the business and you know, the company has just continued to outperform every expectation that we've had uh, right from the very beginning. So Abik, this idea of empowering rather than displacing or disrupting, that's something that Gurangara has really done since its, its beginning. Right. And, you know, I think that really is a testament to the level of founder market fit that we've seen in this category. And, you know, Park, I think this is something that, you know, really excited us at the very start when we first met you. You know, one of the things that founders do in their very early days is really try to build a point of view on you know, the market and the market structure. How big is the market? What are all the layers? Who are all the players in the market? And, you know, as you just shared in one of your answers before, you know, you really grew up in this category. Uh, so you've got 25 years of understanding what the market structure is. But when you were thinking about Gudangara and the approach that you were going to use to solve the problems in the industry, how did you validate some of these things? Who did you speak to? How did you come up with the, the, the business model and the structure of Gudangara, which is really very different from what we've seen in many other players in other markets? Actually, I have a deep understanding about how the industry works, how they structure. So I know very well how the supply chain operates from the manufacturer, distributor, wholesaler, till retailer at its area, from the search activity, collection activity, administration, till delivery. So its area challenge and pain point, I know it's. And also very important, I understand the opportunity for the solution. So I also, before I launched Wudang Ada, I spent almost a year talking with many other FMCG players, many wholesaler and retailer to get a better understanding of the field, to make sure that I bring out the right solution. So when talking about uh, why we empower rather than uh, disrupt, we know the wholesaler actually is a key player who control 90, 80 to 90% of the industry and covers for the shop all over Indonesia. And I understand that this wholesaler already built a very strong network and relationship with their buyer, their retailers and others. So this is how I understand it's not easy to replace them or disrupt them. So it's better we come out with a solution to empower them. Because it starts uh, come from my own mission. I want to empower the traditional uh, threats. So that's why we come out with a third party model because we know this is the best way to tap into the uh, industry and then work together, grow together with them. You should have a relationship and build a trust. 
Yeah, and Park, I think you said one thing that I think is really important is this idea of relationship and trust. You know, we've seen this category in many other countries, in many other markets. And one challenge for these companies have been this distribution has just been really expensive. Right? If you were to go out and try to look at millions and millions of, uh, of retailers that you want to reach, uh, you know, it can often be very expensive to go and reach them one by one. But instead, what you did that was quite unique was a different way of approaching the industry. And rather than going bottoms up, you went top down. Talk a little bit about the way you, you, you almost hacked distribution such that you could actually get to tremendous scale very quickly uh, and in a very, very capital efficient way. So why we do the top down? Because I, before I launched Udarada, I identify who the key player and what is the key success factor in the industry. And one thing is very important, I identify the key player in the industry is the, the wholesalers. And the key success factor is to secure the source of the supply, not to create the demand. Because of the in FMCG industry, the demand is already there, but the question is how you can bring the right SKU at the right time at the right price. So this is how actually because the wholesaler control 90% of the, I can say 100% of the fast moving item, so this is how good they are tap in to work with them to get the source of the supply. So once we able to get the source of supply, then it's very easy to tap to the network of the wholesaler, then connecting, onboarding the retailer through the uh, to join the platform and then do the transaction through our apps uh, by online. So this is how we identify and also we come out with the top-down uh, model actually. Yeah, I think you've said some very profound things there. Uh, one of the things that we believe as well in marketplaces is being supply centric, right? If you have access to better supply and cheaper supply and you can actually deliver it more conveniently, demand will follow. Uh, and that's really what you did in the very early days. You went top down, you got a lot of wholesalers on the platform. In fact, you know, if I remember correctly, some of them were investors in the company as well. So you had real alignment of their success with the success of Gudangada, which I thought was a really good way to, to bootstrap the company. So when I start Gudangada, I go to so many cities to identify who is the key wholesaler on its area. Who is the influencer? Because when I'm able to onboarding the influencer to be our member, then the news will spread out and everyone will follow. So this is how we work. So at every city, actually at the big city experience, we have our uh, angel investor to join to support the Gudangada at the beginning. So they become the uh, the, the early uh, supporter for Gudangada. Also, our speak person on its area actually. So through them actually we build the trust, we build the relationship and other, then grow the business and secure the supply. Through Gudangada model, we work together. We secure around thirty thousand SKU, which is around. 12,000 to 15,000 actively transaction every month. That's such a fascinating way to almost hack supply, right? To get to that scale very quickly. The other thing this model also did for you was drive distribution of the app and of the software because the sellers were getting their buyers to install the app and to use the Gudangara software. How did that work out in the very early days? At the beginning, when I start at Gudangada, I do a lot of workshop. I visit a lot of GT. That's happened before the COVID. So I, I do a, a gathering and workshop with 30 to 50 uh, wholesaler, share with them the vision, because most of them know me, so they know I'm not coming to take over this business. So actually then we talk with them, hey, actually Gudangada want to come to help you 
to secure the network. Because recently, because uh, Indonesia, uh, be- before Google, there are, there are most of the retailers, we visit the wholesaler shop, purchase the product and bring it home. And then, but because Indonesia population now growing for the young people, the young people not going anymore to, 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 this, to the wholesale shop to queuing there for a few hours to get the product. They were looking for a new way to do the transition. So actually, even the wholesaler understand, aware, that they're facing the declining on the visitor to their shop. So one, I explained to them, actually, Gudanada help you to secure the network, to onboarding your, your uh, help them help your retailer uh, to transform from offline to online. And in the future, even they don't visit your shop, they still well connected with you and they can purchase a product from you. So this is how we, we empower the, the seller side and also the buyer side. And Pak, this is actually like, again, so true for this market and really many other markets in Indonesia where we have you know, a new generation of entrepreneurs, whether that's you know, entrepreneurs such as yourself who are building new businesses, or you know, the second generation of retailers and wholesalers, you know, their children coming up and starting to run their businesses that are just you know, tech savvy to begin with. They're adopting software so much more easily. And I think you know, companies like Gurangara are really riding that wave to make sure that they can provide the right software in a very localized way for Indonesia, but also distribute it in a manner that is actually very scalable. So you know, again, to reiterate the thing that you know, we've always loved about the way you guys are building it, is that it's such an Indonesia-specific solution. Right? This is not a model that we've seen in many other countries. You know, just a few months ago, I received an email from founders in Brazil saying, hey, we've heard about this model in Indonesia. Can you tell us how it works? Because we think we can make such a model work in Brazil as well. So it's really such a homegrown innovation uh, that you guys have built out. One other question from Park, and again, this struck me in the very early days, is this idea of company building really is all about the people. Just talk a little bit about how you built the early days of your team. Who were some of the key hires? How did you think about who you wanted to hire in the very early days? And how has your thinking evolved since then? So I always believe that to build a great company, you should starting by build a great team. I spend most of that time actually to spot uh, the right talent, or looking not only a great talent, but also someone who can share the same vision, same passion to empower the Indonesia uh, general threats. So this is how I spot the people, talk with them, share my vision. And once they also have the same vision, same passion, then we discuss about uh, their uh, uh, skill and other things to onboarding. I think most of them, because uh, I share my vision, I share my passion for the industry, and also uh, share how big the industry, how interesting the industry, and also we can say that actually we tap into, we call it dreamy business. It's a huge industry. People need it. We, we can say the consumer needs it. And it will, will be long lasting because even what, what, whatever happens, people will still need the FMCG product. They need food, they need the drink and everything. So it's a long lasting business. And then there's a time for the transformation already come. So when I share this kind of thing, and then I, I talk with a lot of people, they really buy in and really uh, in, uh, want to join the company. So the two most important thing, I believe in people. I invest in people. I looking for the, the talent with the same passion and the same vision with me. And we share the vision together. So this is how you can see that at Gudanada, even we are only a two and a half years company. 
a lot of our 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 sen- uh, senior management team come from over the cats uh, experience and its field. So it's a very diverse team actually with a very specialist in every everything. Yeah, and David, there was so much in there, right? I mean, this idea of building companies from the early days, investing in people and finding people who can buy into the vision and the culture. I mean, I think the company has just done a fantastic job of surrounding themselves with an early team that can really scale with the company. Finding uh, the right talent to work at a startup, it can be really challenging. And this is something that we help our startups with. How did you help Gudangara with this? Look, I think, you know, Park touched on some very important points. Uh, you know, it's very easy in the very early days for a founder to think they want to hire, you know, the people with the best resume. They want to hire the people with the most amount of accomplishments. Now, that is important, but it is far more important to make sure that founders surround themselves with people who have very strong cultural alignment. And one example of cultural alignment is this idea that Park just talked about, which is, do they buy into the vision of the company? The reality is, you know, you can find people who are very young and as long as they're hungry, motivated, have smarts, and most importantly, cultural fit and vision alignment, they will scale with the company in an incredible way. You can find the smartest person, but if they're not a culture fit, they will be a drag on the performance of the company. And so what we try to do, and look, I think, you know, we, we, we really sort of invest a lot of time and energy on company building. Uh, and for us, look, I think this idea of company building really starts with people. And you know, the way we think about company building and, and, and really people building is how do we find the people who can be true needle movers? You know, we always tell people in our human capital team who are always working to help our founders to find amazing talent is that you need to find the most needle moving and aspirational talent for the companies in their most important and critical roles. So for example, in Gudangara, two of the people who I think have had enormous impact on the company have been, you know, their CTO and their CFO. Again, two absolutely critical roles. And, you know, those were people that we've known from before. And just, we found that Park just spent so much energy convincing them to join the business. And, you know, once people like that come in, they attract other high quality talent as well. And it's really a virtuous cycle. Once it gets started, it really has a life of its own. So Park, maybe switching gears, you know, I think this journey of yours has been so fascinating. Right? You talked about growing up and sort of seeing the family business, then going from there to run a company and a business for 25 years, and going from there to become a startup founder. I mean, it's fascinating. We don't see that story uh, in, many, in, in most cases, right? Most examples of founders are people who are you know, just starting off, people who don't know what they don't know, and they just sort of figure things along. You, on the other hand, had deep industry insights, and you were able to use that to build Gudangara. What advice would you give to aspiring founders who are just starting out on their journey? What have what can they learn from your story? Yeah, thank you, Avi. So actually, I think uh, first I would like to say, anyone want to do a start a startup should have a deep understanding and clear roadmap what they want to do, what kind of industry he want to tap in, and also he have to try to familiarize himself or familiar yourself with the unknown because when you tap into the industry they will need a lot of uh, energy to to facing the to, to uh, identify the issue and other thing and then come out with a solution 
So that's why I I, I always uh, when I talk with uh, some uh, young founders and that thing, I always ask him uh, better you talk with your uh, consumer, understand what your consumer needs, and then uh, bring out the uh, right solution. So first, I would like to say you have to understand very well your industry, have a clear what where you want to go, and secondly, always uh, point that uh, problem. And then f- uh, find the solution. Don't try to avoid and hide any problem, but always point the problem, find the solution. That's why I spend a lot of time. Even I, I, I don't uh, interact directly with uh, a lot of uh, retailer anymore. But I always spend time to talk with them, to call with them through WhatsApp or whatever chat with them to understand what's the challenge, what good they can improve every day. So that's uh, we 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 do. And also investing on people. That's the one uh, very important thing. I always say in Gudang Ada, I don't want any Superman, but I want Avengers. So there will be a lot of team, a lot of great people work together to, uh, to uh, sharing the same uh, mission, same vision. Uh, that's why that's very important, the teamwork I see. And the other thing I think very important is also always keep the integrity on the top for everything. And the startup, you will see a lot, facing a lot of challenges when you come to the, the uh, to making the decision. But I always suggest everyone, even remind myself to make the right decision, to keep my integrity on the top. So this is a few things I, I see will very important. And the, the last thing, but not least, should be find a right investor as a partner. That's very, very key. So it's not just uh, investor that can give you capital uh, or money, but should uh, some investor then really can bring added value for you. So like when Sequoia come to the company, I'm not see only the capital. Actually, I see there is a lot of added, added value that uh, Sequoia will bring, uh, bring to me. For example, you help me in hiring uh, uh, excellent talent like our CTO, our CFO, and and you also work closely with me, share with me a lot of uh, insight and that thing. I think find the right investor is should be the key thing to uh, for uh, uh, as a suggestion, advice for the, any new founders and other founders. Thank you. Thank you, Park. I think you know what you said again real sort of words of wisdom for founders out there. I think at Sequoia as well, you know, the, two, the two things that really drive us is this idea of performance and teamwork. And you know, what we believe is that you cannot have performance without teamwork. It's another way of saying exactly what you said. You don't want one or two superhumans who are running the business. What you really want is a team that is all working together because you know, as, as you know, and as we believe as well, once you have a team that's performing well, that will outperform any single combination of individuals. Uh, and I think that's something that you've done uh, a fantastic job of, of just surrounding yourselves with people who are just so bought into the vision of the company because that's how overall performance of the company goes. Yeah, and David, you know, I think that's, that's something that at least we find you know, fascinating about the way Park has built this business is all these different things that, that really come together in the very early days. And, you know, sometimes when we look at the scale of the company, it's almost hard to remember that the company is only two and a half years old. I mean, it's amazing the kind of progress that can happen when the right market structure, the right team and the right idea come together. They've come a long way in just two years. 
As you look back over your time working with Gudang Ada and other startups, um, what advice would you give aspiring founders when it comes to assessing market size and industry structure? You know, I think there's so much that we have the the fortune of learning from from founders such as Park. You know, you know, at least I find myself learning something new every day. But the one thing that has been consistent across all founders who end up doing well is just this insane level of customer centricity. Right? Ideas do not get hatched sitting in the boardroom. They do not get hatched sitting in the office. Good ideas come when you're in front of the customers. That's what Park has done. I mean, he's constantly out meeting businesses, meeting his customers, his wholesalers. And we find that the best founders do that. They are so deeply embedded within their customers, customer community. They care about that solution so much. They have insights that set them apart from other people that are trying to go after these problems. And that's probably the number one thing that we tell our founders. Uh, in the very early days, you know, if you're not spending your time with your team or your customers, that is a time that is being wasted. So you know, being customer-centric is one thing that really sets many of these companies apart. I think the second thing that sets people apart is some design choices that get done in the very early days. You know, we, we like to partner with founders in the very, very early days because the crucible moments in the trajectory of the business disproportionately get created in the very start of the business's, uh, business's journey. For example, you know, with Gurangara picking this model of top-down distribution, that model existed in Parkside right from day one. And you know, if it were not for that, I think the trajectory of the business would have been very different. Similarly, this idea of hiring these key people and surrounding ourselves with those people in the very early days, the impact that people can have uh, in the first year of the life of a company and the impact as it compounds over the next several years can just totally change the trajectory of the business. So again, this idea of partnering early with founders really has these advantages and we get to see as well how the decisions that they make in the first year have like enormous compounding effects in years, you know, five, 10 and beyond. Abik, it's been really insightful to learn all the ways that you've worked with Pat Steven and Gudangara to empower Indonesian businesses. And Pat Steven, thank you for sharing with our listeners your decades of experience in the FMCG industry and how Gudangada is working to empower Indonesian merchants to transform their businesses. Thank you so much both for taking the time to join us today. I'm Dewi Fabri, and for more interesting startup stories, visit our website, sequoiacap.com, or follow us on Spotify. Terima kasih untuk mendengarkan kami, dan sampai jumpa lagi. Bye.